Welcome to Chat About, sponsored today by Bemidji Chrysler Center, Honda of Bemidji, Beltrami Electric Cooperative, and Higgins Heating, Air Conditioning, and Refrigeration. Great show today as we get the inside scoop on criminal investigations. We have Beltrami County Investigator Bill Thompson and crime analyst Heather Ebbinghausen to tell us all about it. So how does it stack up compared to TV? We're going to find out on Chat About. Welcome to Chat About. Morning. All right, let's start with you, Bill. What is a sheriff's investigator? I guess in its basic term, we investigate criminal activity. Um, uh, We're a group of individuals that have a different set of training and expertise. Uh, We have the extra time to really dig into incidents or criminal activity and we look into things as thorough as we can until we hit the dead end, and then we move on with another lead of it. So most of us know everything we know about law enforcement from television. So are you like the sheriff's uh, version of a detective? Correct. Okay. Okay. Yeah. A police department has detectives. Sheriff's office has investigators, but we're virtually the same. Heather Ebbinghausen is a crime analyst. So are you the CSI person? Um, that's what the title would lead you to believe. <laughs> <Yes>. However, <laughs> um, it's not quite as exciting as maybe CSI makes it out to be. Okay. Um, I do help the investigators on their felony level crimes. I do a lot of the um, analysis of the digital data that comes in and with how frequently people are online, on their phones, on social media. Um, there's an abundance of, of digital data that comes in with a lot of these investigations. So that's kind of my Okay. So give me the rundown on how things end up on your desks. Um, crime is committed. How, what, what is the process? There are so many different ways that it could get to us. Um, our investigators, we have on-call investigators 24-7. Um, there's four of us. We're on call one week at a time, at one, you know, every month. Um, so we could get called out in the middle of the night for an event that, that occurs uh, those are usually some type of person-on-person crimes. Uh, the patrol sergeant or whoever that deputy is in charge of the scene will notify us. We'll come out from our homes. Uh, we put a fresh set of eyes, non-emotional eyes to it, um, and, and we just start working the scene and working leads. Or it could be um, we get a phone call in the middle of the night or in the evening when we're at home. We have X, Y, Z that happens. I uh, just want to give you a heads up to when you come in in the morning. Um, this is what's going on. Uh, or we could get a phone call from an outside agency. It just happened just a couple days ago. Need help seeking out this individual that we believe is in your community. We put resources to it. We make that happen. We do what we can to locate them, hold them accountable to their warrants, to their arrests, and we make that happen. Um, emails, tips, Crime Stopper leads, anonymous information. Uh, individuals will reach out to us. Um, uh, without, you know, with direct access and not necessarily through dispatch, we communicate with them. Um, they trust us. We work those leads um, and, and move forward towards a good resolution. Um, the group that we have now, we don't typically get involved with a lot of the property crimes. Most of the activity that we're involved in are, are person-on-person crimes or violent crimes. Um, and most of the, of the work that we do is not drug-related. We have our own drug task force. And they take care of that. Um, But we do uh, work very closely with our task force. Um, You know, there isn't boundaries to criminal activity. So our relationships with our county's 
near us, uh, the state BCA. We're very fortunate to have them right here in our backyard. Uh, we have personal um, relationships with those individuals. We've all typically worked with them for years. Um, so um, our area really should be grateful, I guess, or thankful. Um, we're really solid here um, and very, very proud of the group that I, that I work with. Okay. Heather, what about you? When does it end up in your desk, and, and what is the first things you have to do? Um, typically, by the time it, I hear about it, they've um, started the initial investigation, and then um, I'll help out with doing preservations on cell phones or social media accounts, um, other you know kind of internet accounts. I'll I'll do the preservations on that so that nothing can be deleted and it's saved essentially for them to do a search warrant at a later time. And when that search warrant data comes back, that's when it'll kind of, oftentimes they'll come back to me and then I'll start um, looking through that and telling the investigators what I'm finding. Okay. Um, you know, like I said, we, we know what we know based on TV. I asked the fire department, the, uh, somebody from the fire department a couple of weeks ago, how accurate those shows are. So how accurate are the cop shows? <laughs> you know, when we, um, when we interview people, um, it's a conversation just like we're having, actually. Uh, it's not the banging on the tables and yelling at people and, you know, the, that just doesn't happen. Uh, the turnaround of DNA evidence within 20 minutes of a show versus... You know, we could have a homicide that we're working in. It still might take us a good month to get DNA evidence back. Wow. Um, you know, uh, if it's a property crime, it could take, you know, anywhere from six to eight months to get that stuff back. So it, it, it's nothing like TV. It's um, much slower. Much, much <laughs> slower. And it can be frustrating. Um, there's times, you know, the lab people reach out to us and give us heads up to things or whatever. But um, they have their protocols to make sure everything's validated and verified and but it's, it's nothing like TV at all. No. <laughs> so, so it would be a, a little bit boring if we had to wait six months to find out whose DNA is in the right. <laughs> which is why it's a little bit sped up. So. <laughs> yeah. um, so how long does an average investigation last? It really depends on the investigation. It uh, You know, we could have um, a violent crime that occurs and... Um, we could literally put in 18, 20 hours at a time. I'll send people home for a few hours, um, and we're back at it three hours later, and we could be taking a road trip to another jurisdiction to find those individuals. Or w w it, it really depends. Um, we've had you know sexual assault investigations that occur at night. We will run those until those leads are are dead before we will even go to bed. You know the following day at noon, you know, it just literally depends. Um, every scenario is different. Um, and there isn't really a guidance behind it. Um, we just be as proactive as we can to follow up with every lead that we can. Um, we don't, we have set schedules technically. Um, but when things happen, our group is expected to, to run that until we can't go any further with it. And we do, mm -hmm. um, we do our best to hold everybody accountable to their actions. Um, and uh, we reach out to our partners around us, and and we make it happen. Heather, about how many open cases are there going on oh, at any one time? I would venture to say that each investigator probably has 30 to 40, maybe 50 at times, cases that they have on their plate that they're working through. 
Um, and then I just get to help out when I can. <laughs> Wait, a, a pretty solid average for us is somewhere between 25 and 35 okay. open investigations for each one of the four um, investigators. Some of those numbers may be a little skewed because they may overlap and there's multiple investigators assigned to the same event. Um, but within the case management, I just ran our annual numbers just to see, see where we're sitting with things. And we're we, between 25 to 35 between the four of us that are active. So then how, how does an average day in the investigator's <laughs> office play out then when you're looking at 25 to 35 active cases? You know, it... You know, we just promoted a guy, uh, a young, motivated investigator, and it really opened his eyes coming from patrol to see what we do every day. Uh, you could have a set plan. You get done with your, your day before, you leave the office by 5, and you're like, God, I can't wait to get X, Y, Z done first thing in the morning. And you get there, and there could be a patrol officer from the city of Bemidji down in your office wanting to talk about a follow-up for an investigation that they have, or you're getting a phone call from another outside jurisdiction where they're saying, we believe, you know, we have a missing person in your jurisdiction. Can you help us out with it? And your plans for the day are shot, <laughs> just totally shot. Um, I, I really run out the philosophy. If anybody is seeking help, we make that a priority. Um, and just simply when, because we're always reaching out to others to help us. And you want that same payback. Mm -hmm. um, but our day, we don't know what's going to happen from day to day. Uh, hopefully there's days where I can just put in my earbuds, listen to music, and type reports as much as I can. But those days are actually few and far between. Yeah, that's, that's always the cliche on TV, all the paperwork. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's real. It's real. That part's <laughs> real, yes. That part they're not lying about. It's very real. <laughs> Um, we work a lot with our multidisciplinary teams when it comes to crimes against children, crimes against vulnerable adults. Uh, back in 2015, there was a oversight program done by Governor Dayton where it caused uh, screens. Uh, so there could be a referral made to social services on a child. Part of that process now involves law enforcement, so we see those as well to make sure that nothing's missed um, and there's multiple eyes looking at the same event. Same thing, vice versa. Our guys at night could have an incident with the family uh, to help them out through their, whatever their difficult times are. They'll make a referral to social services to help them get what services they need. Um, and there's that crossover between it. And it's the same with vulnerable adults as well. So I, my role as being the, the sergeant investigations, I, I deal a lot with that, um, with that overwatch and that oversight with different groups. Um, and it's, it's interesting. It's actually very interesting. Um, the other thing you always see on TV, whether it's patrol or um, detectives, it's always two. There's a partner. Uh, is that the case? Do you always have a partner? And do, do uh, patrol officers always have a partner? You, you prefer it that way. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Um, uh, you prefer it that way. Um, we do everything we can, especially because we're plain clothes. Mm -hmm. If we're going out to a home, we, we try to have somebody else with them or at least grab a uniformed deputy to go with them. Uh, or we'll jump to in a car and, and we'll run down whatever leads we need to. Uh, same thing with the road guys. There's only four to six of them working per shift. Sometimes they just can't do it because they just run their tails off. You know, um, that radio is constantly going um, to where they just don't have the manpower where there isn't two men going to a certain call. But um, we're very fortunate with our experienced group that, you know, we do the best with the resources that we have. And yeah. Okay. What about you, Heather? What are you doing every day? Um, I'm 
protected in my little office <laughs> and just staring at a computer screen, really, as I'm digging through a phone extraction or um, a social media account to determine, you know, one of the biggest ones that seems to be, it comes in waves, but at this point there seems to be a wave of um, parents maybe being concerned that their child is talking to an adult mm -hmm. on, on a social media thing. So there's a lot of follow-up that has to be done to determine who is on the other end of that social media account. Um, and again, it, like I say, it comes in waves. It's, it's right now it seems to be, and I don't know, it's probably the startup with school that um, those calls seem to be a little bit more frequent at this time. Yeah, we're definitely busy with that stuff right now. So do you, do you ever go to a crime scene? Uh, not not very frequently. Okay. If I do, um, I, I'm not licensed, so okay. um, I'm just a civilian employee. And if I do go to maybe a search warrant where they're going through a house, I don't show up on scene until the scene has been secured. Um, and, you know, the people are accounted for. I'm not certainly not kicking indoors in my position. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll assist on search warrants once in a while but for the most part a lot of what i do is just based out of my my office we're talking with bill thompson an investigator a sergeant with the beltrami county sheriff's department and crime analyst heather ebbinghausen um bill how did you get into law enforcement um i grew up in sioux city iowa uh, i'm an implant here in the bemidji area okay um went to college in northeast nebraska um started my career in 1995 in south sioux city nebraska Worked there for about nine years. I uh, got out of law enforcement for about two years. Uh, part of the agreement with my wife at that time, uh, if I, I, I did different work, you know, I guess down there when we when the decision was made that I was going to attempt to get out of law enforcement in Sioux City, then we're going to move where I want to move. My mom is from the Bagley area, oh, okay. um, so I was always up here, um, you know, vacation and whatnot. So we we moved here with a fresh start. I made it about a year and a half and reapplied when uh, Phil Hodap took office in 2007. I was lucky enough to get selected and hired okay. um, when he first took office. Uh, worked the road there for on a grant for about two years, two and a half years. I was assigned to the southeast corner of the county uh, on, a, on a cops grant. Um, then moved into a regular patrol shift after that grant expired, and then ultimately went to investigations in the fall of 2012. And then uh, as an investigator, worked under Jarrett Walton as our sergeant investigation. In the um, January of 2019, he took over as the chief deputy for Sheriff Ernie Vital, and uh, then I moved into the role of sergeant investigations at that time. Okay. Uh, you say you're a civilian employee, so did you have plans to be in law enforcement, or did it just match your skill set? I was always interested in law enforcement. Um, my mom worked for Ottertail County Sheriff's Office when okay. I was, or still does, in fact. Um, mm -hmm. So I was always in and out of the office and always chatting with um, the detectives, the, the deputies. And at that time, when I was growing up, um, they shared an office with the Fergus Falls Police Department, so I was interacting with them as well. So I always had an interest in law enforcement. I went to school at BSU for criminal justice. After I graduated there, I joined the Army Reserves, and I um, was, uh, well, the technical 
term is a human <laughs> intelligence collector, but really it's a fancy name for interrogator. I was a Chinese linguist, and then I uh, made the transition to counterintelligence special agent. Oh, wow. So we did a lot of our own analysis, analytical work uh, when I was in the Army Reserve. And then when I got out, I came, or I met my husband in college, so he's from here. We still live here. Um, and moved into Bemidji. They had an opening in records in 2015 that I applied for. Uh, there was a retirement for the like administrative assistant for investigations while I um, after I had started and they kind of changed the position into a crime analyst position. So it really was the perfect blend of criminal justice interest and my analytical experience with the military. Okay. Wow. We, we are yeah, Wall was right. Um, I'm surprised she shared as much as she did. Uh, we are very, very lucky to have her. Yeah. Um, we really are. What's the most report rewarding part of the job? Probably the, the challenges part, and for me, is working with the victims and the mm -hmm. victims' families. That's very challenging, um, reminding yourself that they are victims, um, going through that process, that grieving process. We're human, too. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we went through a stretch in 2019 through 21. I think we had like nine or 10 violent homicides in that time. Um, that we not, those weren't even counting drug overdoses. So you're mm -hmm. working with the families, helping them through the court process, explaining why investigations work the way they work. We're doing what we're doing, not believing everything you see in social media with what they're seeing. Um, and being empathetic to their needs as victims. I, I find that very challenging. Um, I led on the Ferris homicide back on Christmas, I think, of 21. I just received a text from his brother uh, this weekend from Nebraska thanking mm -hmm. us again for everything we did. I mean, keeping those relationships um, involved with them, I find it very rewarding, especially after 25-plus years of law enforcement. Yeah. What about you? I would agree it's the... When you get to the resolution that, um, you know, to get some justice for the victims in a lot of these crimes, that's probably the most rewarding. You know, to it's difficult for sure um, to be in court during a sentencing and to hear those victim impact statements. Um, but to know that you had a piece, that, or that I had a part in the investigation to, to bring some justice for that victim is, is very rewarding. Okay. Um, what would you say, and of course, you've had quite a colorful career and interesting things that I'd love to talk more about. Um, <laughs> I would say, just like um, the crime analyst job looks really cool on TV, uh -huh. I would venture to say my experience <laughs> in the military is about the same. So. When we did her background, I'm going to share this. I know we're in a public space, but when I called to verify her employment, all I literally could get out of the government was she was employed with us. <laughs> we're like, okay. <laughs> my, now it's my investigate now my investigative skills are starting. To, uh, what ha what has surprised you the most about working in I, I don't know other law enforcement? I would say even. You know, having a parent that was in the law enforcement community, um, I was still surprised at just how how much the law enforcement um, community does. And I think, particularly in Beltrami County, um, we are very a very busy county for law enforcement. So to 
have grown up with it. Um, my mom wasn't, I guess she didn't hide anything from us, but she certainly didn't share all the details of what she was doing. Now seeing, um, now being kind of in that environment and having conversations with my mom now, they're a little bit different than when I was growing <laughs> up. So I'm always just surprised that the radio is constant. Um, the investigations are never ending and it's just, it's always, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. It's busy. Well, and Bill, it is hard to explain <laughs> yeah. how busy we are. But Bill, you, you, you know, I'm sure just like the rest of us grew up watching TV when you decided you wanted to get into law enforcement, what surprised you the most in your well, many years in the biz? Just, I don't want to be like gory about it, but you know, I was raised in a good home, good middle-class blue collar home. And, you know, I didn't live on a soapbox either. I understood things happen in the world, but once you get into law enforcement, it just the way humanity treats humanity. I mean, it, it really surprises me on what people will do. And it's people they know, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's not random acts of violence. I mean, it can happen and it does happen. Um, but most of it is people within their own circle. And that blows me away on, on the way we can treat ourselves, our neighbors. Um, that, that's always been surprising to me. What is the, the question, and I'm assuming maybe some of the ones I asked are some of the questions you get asked the most from people? <laughs> Everybody always wants to be in the know. You know, yeah. they, they see something in social media or the chat groups and social medias, and obviously we can't comment on any of it. And truly... Yeah. Most of it's not true, yeah. you know, but it's, um, yeah, we're constantly asked um, um, about what's going on, you know, from what they're seeing in in the chat groups or whatever it might be um, with it. But in general, you know, somebody will see something happen in the news and, and uh, uh, they'll, you know, we live in our community. You know, I go to church at St. Phillips and... Uh, my kids go to school here, and when I'm more, they're both in college now. But mm-hmm. you know, uh, people know us, and they're always asking and yeah. wanting to know what they can do best to protect themselves. Um, just did a short presentation just two days ago with a group called All Adventurous Lifelong Learners. It was awesome. Just an elderly group of people that get together um, once a week for two months, and they just pick a topic, want to learn about it. And we spoke for an hour about their vulnerability. Um, with financial crimes and scams and how they can protect themselves with that. And we had a great conversation over it. Uh, we get asked a lot about current trends um, that are going on within our community, and, and I help as much as I can with, with my knowledge to help protect people so they're not mm-hmm. victimized. What about you, Heather, when they find out you're a crime analyst? What's the question they always ask? Um, I, often it does go to, oh, do you do this? Do you do that? <laughs> Very um, much based on TV shows. and um, I think once I explain just how um, monotonous of it can be, maybe when I'm looking through the same thing over and over or... You know, a lot of what's on a phone isn't very interesting, but there's just like little nuggets once in a while. Um, it's the it's the, really the puzzle for me. I like to find that that missing puzzle piece if it's mm-hmm. if it's available. Um, but I would I would agree with Bill. The most frequent question is often, "Did you hear about?" 
is this true? Or I saw, you know, there's lights and sirens going by. What was going on? Uh, which is you know, probably part of the reason why I got into law enforcement. Because I want to know those details myself. So. And so Heather just says, hey, how about that weather? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like somebody else's case. I should look into that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you mentioned the social media stuff, and I got to think that computers and instantaneous communications can be a huge tool for you, but can also be a huge problem for you as well, right? Can be. Yeah. Can be. But we do our very best to, to keep it to our advantage. Mm-hmm. There are things out there that we'll never speak about that we're able to do because mm-hmm. we still want people to do what they're doing. It helps us, you know, mm-hmm. um, to follow through with what we need to do, especially if we want to get proactive about a certain issue that's going on. Um, our administrations from working with Phil Hodap's admin to Ernie Beidel's admin, J- Jason Riggs's admin, it's always been about proactivity, what we can do. But there are times with investigations we're reactive to it because we need to follow up. Our road guys with their great work of getting the leads for us to follow up on. But there are times when we are doing the things that you're, yeah, that is us out there doing that stuff proactively. And you may not know necessarily that it's law enforcement out doing that. Um, but social media platforms, it's just a blanket of info. The Snapchats, the Twitters, the TikToks, the Facebook. Um, it's, it's amazing some of the information we get off that. Um, you know, when we worked, the, it was always in that facade that Snapchat is deleted. You can't get it. Uh, when we worked the Berkness incident that we all know about from Mm -hmm. a couple years ago yeah that all started from a concerned mother who found a concerning photo that got followed up on and it was essentially through snapchat and it just led into a bigger picture to what he was up to and he was held accountable to it yeah yeah what do you want us to know about the people you work with I'm proud of the fact that not necessarily that they know what we do. Um, I'm proud of the fact that they can go to bed at night and um, they feel safe um, and know that there's people like us out there to keep them safe. And they should be proud of that and, and proud of the fact that they might not know necessarily everything that's going on in, on every day, but have faith in the fact it will be dealt with and proactively and, and everybody is held accountable for their actions. Um, We're here. Um, We work very diligently in what we do. Uh, We're a very motivated group, um, especially with help with people like Heather. Um, We work very well as a team. We all have our strengths. We all have our weaknesses. Um, It's a good group, and and this community should be proud of it. Same thing with uh, Bemidji PD. We work a lot with the detectives, with Dan Seberg and his group, and our uh, even our tribal groups with the law enforcement in Red Lake, we have a great working relationship with them. We hold monthly investigator meetings with all of our groups sharing intel. You know, they, there is no boundaries to criminal activity, including Leech Lake. We work well with all of them um, So to come because we all have that same common goal. What about you, Heather? What do you want people to know about the people you work with? Uh, I, I think it's important to know that a lot there's a lot of appreciation for the community within um, the sheriff's office, um, just the simple, I think a simple wave when they're driving by goes a long way. Um, and 
and that they're just another person in the community. Outside of work, they're parents that are bringing their kids to sports, they're bringing them to school, they're involved in um, community groups and, and, you know, they're just, it's a large group of people that care a lot for the safety of the, the community and um, it's just really a great group of people to work with. Next steps for somebody who's thinking this is a career they might want to pursue. Get educated, educate yourself. We need good people. Uh, we need good people, bottom line. Um, all law enforcement, we need good people. Um, look into it. Reach out to us. Uh, we advocate to help them through, if it's community college or a four-year school, whatever it might be. Uh, we go to BSU and we'll do presentations there on case studies uh, just to get that interest out there. Um, high school kids with the Explorers program, um, you know, they come in uh, every other week with some law enforcement from the county and the city, and they get to do proactive training type things, how to do traffic stops or defensive tactics or handcuffing procedures, whatever it might be, uh, work in a crime scene that they set up. Um, it gets those high school kids interested in it. Uh, we need good people. We'll train you up and we'll take you on. Okay. What about those who want to work in a secret lair like you do, Heather? Uh, yes. What, what are the what are the skill? Yes. What are the skill set they they need? How do they become a Chinese linguist? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. just merely a really crazy test. But um, I would say if you're interested in anything law enforcement, and it's not just being a, a police officer right. or a deputy. Uh, there's probation. Point. There's corrections. There's dispatch. There's um, crime analysis. There's all there's all sorts of opportunities within um, law enforcement and within criminal justice. So, to you know, go to get a degree at BSU. They've got a fantastic criminal justice program, and they've in it they have a wide range of classes that you can take depending on what your interests are. Um, as far as the analysis side of it, I think a lot of it is just some people are kind of natural at wanting to get down to the um, the fine details of a case. Just as, you know, some people prefer to be a deputy on the road and then others prefer to be in investigations. It's no different than that. Some people want to stay broad scope and some want to get down to the nitty gritty. And so if you're that type of person that really likes those fine details, um, likes to, enjoys the puzzle of in the mystery of what can be a, um, a criminal case, then you know maybe look into crime analysis. And it's really, I think that career field is growing. There's a lot of agencies that still don't have an analyst, but they are um, actively, you know, pursuing adding one on. So it's it's an interesting field for sure. Heather Ebbinghausen, a crime analyst, and Bill Thompson, an investigator and sergeant with the Beltrami County Sheriff's Department, joining me today. What a great great show. I enjoyed this thoroughly. I really appreciate the work you do. I really appreciate the work all law enforcement does, honestly. So thank you for taking the time and sharing with us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. It's awesome. Chatabout has been sponsored by Beltrami Electric Cooperative, Bemidji Chrysler Center, Honda of Bemidji, and Higgins Heating, Air Conditioning, and Refrigeration. Coming up tomorrow, we hear from the mayor. George Prince joins us on Chatabout. I'm Kev Jackson. Thanks for taking some time and joining us today.